Um, we're going to get into our message here, and we're actually in our last part of this sermon series called, I Want To, But. Like, we've all had things that we wanted to do. Like, I want to lose weight, but I got to either exercise, or I got to diet, or I got to do them both, right? Don't want to do that, you know? You know, I, I, I want to save money, or, I, oh, no, no, hold on. I want to have more money, but that might require me to save money, which requires me to stop spending, right? I want to, but, you know, anything of value, and I say this all the time, um, anything of value that you have, you have to work at it, at keeping it, or getting to it. You know what I'm talking about? If, if you hold it a value, it means a lot to you, so you're going to pour into it. And one of the things that we often do as Christ followers is, or, you know, even if we're not a Christ follower, hopefully by, before the end of the service, you make that, that decision, but um, what we often do is, is you know, I want to grow in God, right? I want to, like, I, I want to grow in his scriptures. I want to grow in knowledge of him. I want to grow in experiencing the power of his Holy Spirit. I, I want these things, but that's the word. But it might require of a little bit additional work or a little bit of additional time that I need to do or we need to do in order to get there. And let's just be honest, the culture, society we, we are kind of in right now, excuse me, my nose keeps itching, man, jeez. What does that mean? Like somebody's talking about me or something? Y'all were talking about me before church, weren't you? You know, and, uh, and, 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 and so, you know, what, what we often do is, you know, we want to go after these things, but it requires some dedication. It requires time. It, it requires things. And, and so the culture, society that we live in, we really think everything should just be simply handed over to us. It's kind of what we're being taught. It's kind of what the generation that's below us right now, that's up and coming, is being taught. And, and that's not the way it is. If you want anything, you have to put into it. You have to invest into it. You have to do your part. Now, there's one free gift that's been given to us all, and that's salvation. And all we have to do for that one is plainly accept it. Remember one thing. If you receive nothing else in your life except for Jesus, you've received everything that you could ever need. Amen? But we're in this, I want to believe, but. And, and what we really have here and what we've um, unfortunately taught within culture, society, and even into the church, where there's a lot of people that say, uh, you know, I'm not so sure about this whole God thing. I, I don't know that I believe or I don't know that I even want to believe. And it's not that they don't want to believe in God. It's that they don't want to believe in the distorted view of how we have presented God. Think about that for a second. The distorted view of how we have presented God, all right? The previous weeks we talked about this reality that so many people are rejecting God, but it's really not rejecting him, but they're rejecting a distorted view of what maybe they've been taught or they've been told about. And uh, we're, what we're really trying to do is break, break away from that mold. Week number one, we talked about what we called an on-demand God. In other words, God's got to do what I want, can I help you out here? That God does not exist. God does not have to do anything that you want him to do. God only has to do everything that he said he would do. Okay? Week number two. We talked about there are too many rules. Like there's so many rules. I want to believe in God, but there's so many rules. You look into the Old Testament, you see somewhere around 640 laws. And it's overwhelming, right? That's kind of like, how in the world can I follow all of them if I'm going to break them and all this stuff? Jesus says, want this. 
the greatest thing, the greatest commandment there is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, right? And what does that mean? I mean, if, if I'm loving him, if I'm going after him, then everything else falls into place behind it. Because now my attention is fully upon him. He is number one and not number four. Amen? Week number three, we talked about this one. I don't feel him. We, we talked about that's a, a distorted view that God isn't a God who we always have to say, well, I need to feel the goosebump. You know what I'm talking about, right? right? I feel the tingle with inside of me that I'm feeling God. If I don't feel it, I'm not feeling him. The Bible tells us that God has never left us nor forsaked us, right? He's always with us. His presence is abounding. His presence is always around us as a Christ follower. So today, what we're going to talk about, and, and I've, I, I've, I've been extremely excited about this message. I just want you to know that. So if you don't get excited with me, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. You know what I mean? So like, you, you got to get into this, all right? So look at your neighbor, say, don't talk to me, all right? But what we're going to talk about today is a heartless God. Like, I want to believe in God, but it's like he does not care. How can I believe in a God that simply doesn't seem like he cares about me? I mean, look, think of it this way. You open up a news app with on your cellular device, you know, a cellular device, okay? You, you, you go on Fox News. All the other ones are garbage, okay? You know, you, you go on... <laughs> oh, my goodness, did I go there? I did. Oh, my jeez. Oh, that's, I'm, I'm kidding, kind of, all right? Um, you know, uh, you, you see all of these things that are happening with the news. You've got terrorist attacks. You've got racial div- division. You know, we've got everything from natural disasters and and all of these things are happening to people. So how can God really care if all of this stuff is happening? People are going through some really personal attacks. They're in abusive relationships. And how in the world, if if you are a person, how in the world can you not sit there and think, well, God, where are you in all of this? It seems as if you don't care. And, And to be quite honest, what we start thinking is this. Well, this simply ain't fair. This just isn't fair. Like, it's, it's kind of like my kids, you know? Here we got one that's having a birthday coming up this, this upcoming week, and so he's going to get some gifts. Well, the other one's going to be like, well, that ain't fair. Like, how are they getting and I'm not? You know, we kind of do that well also within the church. You, you realize that, right? As Christ followers, we get jealous of one another sometimes. You really do. You're like, how, God, how in the world are you blessing them and you're not blessing me? That's not fair. God, obviously, you don't care about my struggle right now. Like, you don't care that, that, you know, we're having a marital problem. You don't care that my finances are, are falling apart. You don't care that I'm struggling spiritually. I'm, I'm having a hard time getting within your scriptures. God, where are you? It's like you don't care. And this isn't fair. It's as if we're sitting in a room full of other Christ followers all around us like this, and you're watching them during that. Like, some of you right there, uh, when I came up here and said, man, wasn't worship great? You're like, I got nothing out of that, Pastor. I don't know what you got. I'm not feeling it. And so what we do is we take on this sense of, that's not fair. Like, where is God? God, are you there? God, are are you even good? Have you been there? Are you there now? If you say no to either one of them, it's coming. 
God, where are you? I felt like, you know, right now, I feel like I'm the only person going through this struggle in life. I feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders and, and everything around me seems to crumble. So God, where are you? We're going, I'm going through problems. I'm going through struggles, difficulties. Lord, you don't understand. Really? God doesn't understand? God, where are you? I don't sense your spirit with me. I'm, I'm, I'm longing for more of you. I'm, I'm wanting more of you. And I pray and I feel like I'm getting nowhere. And my, my prayer isn't going any further than this, the height of the ceiling. God, where are you? You know, the Bible is full of people. You know, we look at the scriptures and we're like, man, these are like strong men and women of God. Like, man, you know, God did great things through them and their stories are spectacular. And they are. I'm not taking away from that. But these individuals that we read within scriptures also went through hard times like we go through. Went through seasons of struggle, seasons of despair. Seasons where like they were feeling, you know, where is your Holy Spirit, Lord? I'm not feeling it. Experienced real emotions just like us. Let's take a look at David in the Old Testament. He was a man after God's own heart. The scripture tells us that. But yet he cried again and again, where are you? What God? Why? Why? Why don't you hear my prayer? How come I am not hearing your voice? God, why are you not doing something? God, my enemies are after me. Everything around me is collapsing. God, where are you? But yet this is the same God that God used to do so many fantastic things. The same guy that the scriptures reads that he is what? A man after God's own heart. Read about Job. That'll mess you up. It really will. I mean, think about this guy, right? Satan wants to attack him, takes his livestock, takes his career, takes his health, takes his family. His family is a wreck. He's got boils all over his body. His friends turned into absolute jerks. His wife, you know, guys, listen up. His wife even looks at him and says, why don't you just give up, curse God, and die? Real people. We see the highlights. We see the, the moments of strength. And we see the moments where, you know, we, we hone in on those moments where God just does the extraordinary. But we often forget that they're real people like you and I who went through real struggles just like you and I go through. So God, where are you? Like, this doesn't seem fair. I'm going to show you two big thoughts and things that we're going to embrace this morning and, and truths uh, to whenever we feel that God isn't around and that it just isn't fair. And it's in your notes. And listen, I'm going to warn you right now. These are actually sayings that I've said many, many times, but I'm using them as points today. And the first one is this. God, and this is a quick one, all right? So buckle up. God has a purpose in your pain. Like, God has a purpose. Understand this. God is good. Even when you are hurting, God is still working in your life. Someone may have let you down. A family member may have let you down. A friend could have let you down. You may be in broken relationships, but I want you to know this. One truth here, that God is still working in your life and God is still good. You may not understand everything that's happening in the season that you're currently in. But here, you need to know this. Continue to trust in the Lord. Continue to trust in God in that season. 
He is still good, right? Whenever you're hurting, whatever level that is, remember that God has a purpose for everything that you're going through. We see this with Peter. He went through a lot of difficult times. And let's jump into the scripture in 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. He said this about suffering and trials. He said, there is a wonderful joy ahead. In other words, when, you're, when you are suffering, remember there's a wonderful joy ahead, right? Here we go. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials or these difficult seasons, these difficult moments that you're going through, they will show that your faith is what? Genuine. In other words, here's what you're doing. You're not giving up. Like even though you're struggling, even though the emotional side of you wants to take you a different direction, you're saying, no, I'm not giving up. They will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. I love this. When your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring what? Bring you much praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So what is that meaning to us? Understand this, that God has a purpose with the season of life that you are in right now. That God is doing something and that God is in the middle of it. When you run toward him, your spiritual roots grow even deeper. Here's, I got a couple things. These, I don't think these are in your notes. You might want to write these down. I love them. All right. The first one is this. God never wastes an opportunity to make you better. I love it. He never wastes an opportunity to make you better. That means when things are going great, God is still developing you. When things are going bad, God is definitely developing you. When you feel like all the relationships are going as perfectly as they could be, God is still developing you and making you better. God never takes a break from your life. God never sits and goes, you know what? Well, Pastor Kevin, things seem to be going well right now, so I'm going to drop you for a bit. I'm going to go over and take care of Todd Tullis because he needs a lot more work. I thought that was funny. That wasn't even in my notes. He's just standing there. He got nailed. Know that. That means don't stand up during the message. He's going to get nailed. All right, here we go. Here's another one. I love this one. God doesn't cause the pain every single time You've all heard me say this before. God doesn't cause the pain every single time, but God can use the pain every single time. He may not be the cause of it, but he comes in and says, well, well, well we're going to use this. Like, he doesn't waste any moment. Have you ever wasted time? You being in here is not a waste of time right now. We've all been in that moment where we have wasted time away. God never does that when it comes to you. He looks at you and every single moment he's thinking of ways and doing ways and making things happen in your life that go, how can you grow from this moment and become stronger and become better? All right, here we go. Second thing. God is present in your pain, right? In other words, um, when you are hurting, he is right there. Now, here we go. We're going to get into a passage of scripture here in a chapter uh, in Psalms 46. This is my favorite 
Uh, there's a scripture in there, Psalms 46.10. You guys know this. It's my favorite verse. But it's a setup. This verse coming up is setting it up, all right? Psalms 46.1 says this. God is what? Our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. God is what? He is our refuge and our strength. And so often we want to, to, to give uh, God as, as this, you know, I want more of you, God. I'm in a season right now that, sh- that, that, that I'm really struggling in. But, but the scripture says he's what? My refuge. What is a refuge? It's a place that I can go to for safe. A refuge is a place where I could go to for what? For rest. So we know that God is about safe. We know that God is about rest. We know that God is about taking care of us. But then he says, and strength. So not only am I going to take care of you, your needs, but now I'm also going to strengthen you through this season that you're going in. I'm going to build you up. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to put people in your life. I'm going to get you rooted more and more with, within my word. I'm going, everything that I do in your life is for a reason. It's to make you better. No better example than the Apostle Paul. If you don't know a lot about Paul, he was a guy that used to hate Christians. He, he killed them, but then he was radically transformed. This guy... Uh, did more for the gospel than anyone else other than Christ himself. This guy started churches. He wrote big portions of the New Testament. He's a big deal within the scriptures. But when he gets this thing that he called a thorn, the scripture really expands on this for a minute, but he says when he gets this thing that he has on a thorn, we don't know what that thorn is, but we understand that it's apparently a thorn to his side. Now, a thorn is what? It's painful. You move a certain way, what, you know, you ever had a thorn stick in you, right? You know what I'm talking about? You move the wrong way, it can scratch you, it can go deeper, it can hurt you. And so what do you do? You pay attention to that area or to that thorn when it's, when it's pricking you. Well, well Paul in, in the scriptures tells us that he's got this thorn in his side. And, and on three separate occasions, he goes to God and he pleads with God and he says, God, take this thorn away. Three separate occasions. Three separate seasons. Now, we don't know what the thorn was. We don't know necessarily that it was a physical ailment. We don't know if it was a mental thing. We don't know what exactly the thorn was. But we do know it was something that was hindering or what he thought was hindering him. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, understand Paul's prayer has been, Heal me, heal me, heal me. Three separate times. God says to him, very specifically, he says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Now, in other words, he's saying, heal me. God, can you change my circumstances? Can you fix my problems? You know, reveal my pain? God simply says, no, no, my grace is enough. God, this is what I need from you. So we've been in seasons like this within our own lives. God, this is what I need. Can you heal? Can you, can you remove? Can you help in this situation? God, I need you to do something. And God is saying, no, all you really need is me. That's all you need. You know, I often think sometimes I'm, I'm very appreciative that God doesn't answer every prayer the way I want him to answer every prayer. He always answers every prayer. May not be exactly how you want it, though. And, and, and I think to myself, well, God, you know, why isn't that you are not 
doing what I'm asking you to do. Well, if God always gave us everything that we asked for, then we wouldn't really be relying on him very much. We'd be mainly relying upon ourselves. So those moments of those seasons that we're going through within life, then we're, the struggle is real, and God, I don't sense you around. It's causing us to what, rely on him more. Let's continue with the, in the scriptures here. Verse 9 and 10. It says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. This is Paul speaking. So that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, I delight in insults, I delight in hardships, I delight, think about that for a second, I delight. Why am I delighting? Because it's drawing me closer to you. Why am I delighting in the weaknesses? Why am I delighting in the insults? Why am I okay with these hardships? Why am I all right with the persecutions and the difficulties? Because for when I am weak, God, you are strong. His strength is made perfect in me. When I can't get another day, he is there what? To carry me. Some of you, you embrace this. I delight in my hardship because it has drawn me closer to Jesus and helped me to serve others. I went through a season where I look back on and I go, thank God I went through that. Because it's enabled me to be able to minister better. Now, during the season, I didn't want to go through it. I didn't want to go through the pain and the hurt and the loss. But now looking back, I go, God, I I get it. I see what you've done. So you know what, Lord? In that difficulty, in that weakness, in that pressured moment, in that time of loss, I'm going to thank you, as insane as that might sound, As crazy as that sounds, God, thank you for allowing me to go through it. Because you have developed me. You have made me better. You have found purpose within the pain that I went through to develop me into the man that I am today. So you need to be reminded that within your own life. The pain, the difficult seasons, the struggle. Know this. God's working in your life. He has not left you. His Holy Spirit has never departed from you. In fact, He is the one who is carrying you through this. You're not doing this on your own power. Let me break the news to you. You are not God. You don't have the strength to make this on your own. Paul realized that and he goes, I see this. You know what? In my weakness, God, you are made perfect. In this season, Lord, you are made perfect. Well, we'll say this. Is God, God, are you fair? Like, are you fair to me? Why is everything not working out the way I am? So, so my answer to that question as a pastor, no. God is not fair. God is just. God is just because simply if he was always fair and he always did things the way that we wanted him to do, then he would be what? An on-demand God. Let's take a look at a scripture in Psalms 103, verses 10 through 12. The word says this, God does not treat us as our sins deserve. This is a good scripture. 
Some of y'all need to highlight this scripture in your Bible or in your app. God does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Time out right there. Some of you have been beating yourself up for some time. And here's what you're doing. All these sins that I've ever done is why I'm at where I'm at right now. And it's God repaying me for it. What does the scripture say? God does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. I love this. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him, or in other words, those who are in reverence of him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. God, it's like you are not fair. He's not. He's just. All right, I got a story for you. Do you guys love your pastor? I mean, I mean seriously, though. I mean, you really got to love your pastor here. Because you may not love me, and you might change your mind on me after I tell you this story I'm about to tell you. I'm telling on myself from yesterday, all right? Now, I'm a little bit of a competitor. Just a wee little bit. All right, wee little bit. You know, uh, my volleyball group knows that, that's for sure, all right? We had a blink. Maybe God's saying, don't tell that story, Pastor Kevin. <laughs> but we, um, we, we, I, I coached, well, I coached, not now because the season's over. I coached uh, football for, for um, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, all right? And, uh, uh, you know, I, I coach baseball, too, and, and I know much more about baseball coaching than, than football. Baseball's my thing. But something happened yesterday. And uh, we, were, we were in, in our game, last game of the year. It was, it, was very, it was a close game, real tight game. And um, i got to f- rewind a little bit back to uh, Monday. We had a game on Monday. And we won that game. Um, we, we played a team that was really good from Princess Anne, and then we played another team that was really good called Referees. Some of you will understand that later. Okay? And this is where Pastor Kevin got in trouble. And uh, so we're playing, we're playing, you know, the team and, on Monday. And, and you know, I, I'm just going to be honest with you because I'm a pastor. I'm honest, right? I'm also human, all right? And, and, and some of the calls rubbed me the wrong way on Monday. And I was like, this is kind of unfair. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't like what's happening here. And they're, they're really not helping my team. And, uh, and, and, you know, so inwardly, I thought I'd let it go after the game. Like, I didn't make it, I didn't do anything about it, you know. I thought I'd let it go after the game. Well, sure enough, we get to the game yesterday, and some of the parents, you know, were sitting here talking, and they bring up, and I just feel the anxiety inside of me, like, man, they better not do that to me today. You know what I mean? They better, you know, be fair, right? And uh, so, so we're, we're, we're playing the game, and it's, it's in the fourth quarter, and it's, uh, it's, I think we're down by like a touchdown or something like that. And here come the flags like crazy on my team. They're just throwing them left and right. And, and then I have a coach, and he chirps something at the ref, and I, I chirp something at the ref. Small, nothing big, nothing bad. Jesus forgave me in the moment, you know. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, the flags just continued. And, there was, and, and, and the, the head ref was standing beside me. My mother-in-law's going to be like, I can't believe you're saying this. And the head ref is, is standing right beside me, and he throws a flag, and it, I promise you there was no flag there. And I looked at him, I said, oh, okay, so we're going to do Monday all over again? Oh, my gosh. 
I got a flag. 15-yard penalty on the coach. It was a bad moment, right? And, and I was like, but, you know, it's not fair. But, you know, we kind of do that sometimes. Don't worry. I apologize after the game, okay? But, um, and, and the guy was good about it. It's all sportsmanship. Or, no, that was unsportsmanlike conduct, actually. So, got nailed. But, um, you know, what, 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 that's how we sometimes we treat life and we treat it with God. God, this is so unfair. And we, you ever tried to argue with God? You're not going to win. Just like that happened to me. The higher power rolled over me, you know? You're not going to win. And, and we don't always understand everything that we're going through within life. But understand this. God does understand it. And God is working it out for the better for you. Amen? I don't know where you are at right now. I don't know what kind of problems you've been facing and what the things that you've been dealing with. I, I, I can't help but to think this. My, one of my favorite scriptures, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, even to Pastor Kevin when he's arguing with the umps and the refs, that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. Stand with me this morning. So God, why would you allow this to happen in my life right now? Why would you allow me to go through this season? I've got a challenge for you. Don't just think about it from your perspective, but think about it from your Heavenly Father's perspective. A Father who loves you. A Father who is going to find purpose in your pain. A Father that when you are hurting, He's there to encourage, but He's also Knowing this, that no matter what you're going through, God is trying to make you a better person. You know, I think about my kids, and, and I tell you guys these things all the time about my boys. You, you, we're so transparent about my family. It's like you guys live with us, isn't it? No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. And, um, you know, sometimes I have to punish them or, or, or uh, you know, take something away. And, and in the moment, it's like the worst thing in the world. They don't understand. They don't, they don't get it. You know, they don't know why they have to be disciplined. And, and they probably still don't understand it, but when I look at after the discipline, how it's changed the behavior or things have improved, I go, okay, I get that. I know now why, God, you allow us to go through certain seasons within our lives because you're developing inside of us. You're working. Listen, I don't want God ever to look at me and be like, Kevin Stanley's good to go. Like, I don't have no more work to do in him because I know that I am seriously flawed. That's obviously, I done told you one of them today then I am seriously flawed. There's areas in my life, God, I need you to work. I need you to bandage it up. I need you to do some spiritual surgery on some things, Lord, that you need to prune away from my life. And some things, God, I know you want to bring into my life. So God, do it. Do it. Whatever the cost is, Lord, do it because you're never truly happy unless you're in the will of God. I'm going to be honest with you. You are never truly happy unless you are in the will, the absolute will, perfect will, perfect plan, and fulfilling the purpose that he has for your life, you're never going to be truly happy. And that might require you to go through some seasons of difficulty. That might be, require you to go through seasons of loss and hurt, seasons of even embarrassment. But God says, look, I'm doing all of this, all of these things that are happening around you. I may not have created it, but I'm allowing it, and I'm going to do something in it. And I'm going to make you better. 
I want you to um, bow your heads, close your eyes with me today. All of this should reflect around one person, and that's Jesus Christ. Jesus wants to do a work in your life. I believe for all of us, as Christ followers, he is doing a work in our life. He's molding us. He's equipping us. He's trimming some things that don't need to be there. And sometimes that can be painful. He's adding some things that need to be there, and sometimes that can be extremely joyful. But in everything, we need to know that God's working, and we need to trust his process. But today, there's some of you here, and and everything that I've talked about doesn't pertain to you. Why? Because you're not a follower of Jesus. But you do know this, that God gave his son for you, that he loves you with a love that is massive, a love that he gave the most precious thing for you. And some of you, the Holy Spirit has been tugging with your heart, saying, you know what, today's the day. Today's the day. Let's give it over today. Today's the day to make a commitment to me. So if you're here today and you don't know who this Jesus Christ is, if you've not accepted him into your life as your Lord and Savior, I want to ask you this. Will you today? If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. Amen. Awesome. See it. Another moment. If that is you in this place today, just slip up your hand. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right, here's what I want us to do as a church, as a body of believers. I want us to pray this prayer together enthusiastically, boldly. Lord Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me today and make me whole. I love you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Amen. All right, so here's my next thing. As followers of Christ, have you ever thought, God, you're just not fair? This is not fair. I don't like what's going on. I don't feel your presence. God, you've not answered all of my prayers. Anybody like that? Anybody? Come on now. Anybody like that? Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, I love you. And I thank you for this day. I thank you for every individual that's in this room this morning. God, let us understand that in everything that we're going through, in every season, every difficulty, but also every joyous moment, God, you are making us better. You are developing us. You are forming us. You are molding us. You are constructing us into the man and woman that you would have us to be, into what you willed, purpose, and plan for our lives. God, we understand that even before our earthly existence, you already had us in existence. And you had a plan set for it. So God, don't allow us. We don't want to interfere with what you want to do. God, close the doors you want closed. Open the doors you want open. Trim off what needs to be gone and add to what needs to be in. Father, move in every life that's here this morning, God. Lord, I pray, God, that you have brought a challenge before us and that we accept that challenge today. And as we leave this place, God, we will do so enthused, excited that God you have never left us you have never forsaked us that God we are 
right first in your mind that you are moving in our life. And God, because of that, we say we love you and we thank you. So Father, as the psalmist said, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, amen. We love you guys.